Welcome to the Sound Lifestyle Medicine Podcast, hosted by Dr. Mark Stefani and Dr. Jim Kozowitz. Doctors Mark and Jim are here to help navigate elements of your lifestyle that will lead to optimal health. Through deep dives into popular health topics, they will help you discover transformative insights tailored toward well-being and guide you toward a sound and healthy lifestyle. Welcome to the Sound Lifestyle Medicine Podcast. I'm Dr. Jim Kozowitz. Dr. Mark Stefani is laughing at me from across the way. Not really sure why. I think I'm trying to be very earnest and honest with what I'm saying, but uh, apparently that comes across as disingenuous and hilarious. It is, Jim. It is. Uh, this is your first intro, and I think you did a very fine job, and I'm just smiling out of gratitude and appreciation in your... I know what gratitude looks like, and that wasn't gratitude. Okay, you got me. <laughs> I'm proud of you, though. That was fantastic. All right. Anyways, we're here to do a podcast about... Uh, uh, what, what, what are we going to do? This episode is going to be on common pitfalls and mistakes that oh, yeah. people have when starting on their lifestyle journey. Yeah. So I think one of the things that we see uh, routinely, the first thing we like to bring up is this kind of all or none thinking, right? Like if, if I'm not 100% perfect, just forget it. It's all it's all lost. Yeah. Patient once in the hospital and she was being admitted for COVID and I was looking through her labs and noticed that her blood sugars were on the high side. And so I talked to her about that and she was concerned. She knew that they had been running high and was worried about diabetes. And so she she brought up her, her weight. And so we started talking about nutrition and weight loss. And one of the things that she confided in was exemplary of this all or none thinking where she would say that if she had a piece of candy, she felt like the whole day was ruined. And so she would keep eating more because, well, it didn't matter. I was just, the day is screwed up anyway. So I'm just going to keep enjoying this candy. And then that would snowball and she would do it the next day. And then all her, her, her gains uh, would be lost. And so she got frustrated and this yo-yoing uh, diets uh, would ensue. And so, you know, we talked about that. We talked about how uh, you don't need to really ca- catastrophize those situations and having a piece of candy is going to be okay from time to time. Your body will adapt these conditions, you know, diabetes, heart disease, and so forth. They develop over years, over decades. And so having that one piece of candy from time to time is not going to be problematic. So I think that that brings up one thing that we like to stress to people is is mindfulness. And, and a big part of mindfulness is just being non-judgmental. And so in these situations where you do something that is not, quote unquote, optimal for health, you know, you just have to be non-judgmental. It's going to happen. It happens to us too. And um, we just roll with it and you just move on to the next day. And that that's as, it's as simple as that. I think another uh, another issue that we see is like people just want to do this cold turkey change. They want to go from a, a zero to 60 in one second. And that's, that's also hard. That's hard for people. Right. If you think you're going to get a gym membership, you know, and start eating a plant-based diet and sleeping better, stop drinking alcohol all in one day, it's, it's just not going to happen most likely. Mm-hmm. I often talk to, to clients or patients in the hospital and ask them outright, you know, are you a cold turkey type of person or not? And sometimes you'll get these 70, 80 year old guys who, who are, but yeah. most of us, um, we are not. It takes uh, multiple tries to enact change and in, in, in still habits. 
And so that's what we preach to people is are taking these baby steps and really being intentional about it, having a plan, figuring out where your priorities are, and then taking on these changes as they apply to your life. So many of these uh, influencers and people who who talk about, uh, you know, specifically nutrition or exercise will tell you what works for them in their life, right? But how is that going to apply to you and your, you know, 50 hour work week job? you know, a couple kids, uh, commute, you know, all of those things you have to think about when you enact these changes in your life. And the best way to make sustainable changes, we believe, is taking it one step at a time. Yep. And being intentional. Although I, I have a really good cold turkey story, if you want. So my father, who is in his 80s now, he quit smoking when I was one for my birthday. That was my birthday present when I was one. And that would have been in the 70s. You do not need to do the math, figure out how old I am. Um, but he, he was at work and he had a cigarette and he said, nope, that's the last one. And he threw the pack of cigarettes in his desk. And so they sat for like years, right? Until one of his coworkers, as he told me this years, years later, one of his coworkers came up and asked him for a cigarette sometime later. And he goes, oh yeah, I forgot. I have these in my, my, my desk. And he took them out and he, he gave it to the guy and he said, it went up like flash paper. It was so dry. It just went woof. <laughs> so you can, it, it, cold turkey is possible. It's just hard hard. Yeah. And there's no reason to make things harder for you when knowing that the change will occur, you will get the results that you want, you will achieve your goals. And there's not necessarily a rush in in doing so if that means that you're going to ultimately fail. Right. Right. So what do you think about processed vegan food? Right. Our next, next number here. So the, the food industry loves new, uh, dietary fads, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so Jim and I grew up with the low fat craze and the time when snack wells, snack wells and candy was labeled low fat as a, you ever needed to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're seeing everything labeled as, uh, in little green type, you know, plant-based. Mm-hmm. So is eating everything that's plant-based going to be healthy for me? Unfortunately not. Right. It's, it's a lot of this is still hyper palatable food, right? It's made in a, in a lab and it's multiple ingredients that you can't pronounce that are put together an extruded process that comes out in this often bar like shape right and even though there's no animal products in it it doesn't necessarily mean that it's healthy right it's again viewing the food on the spectrum of health promoting uh somewhere in the middle of neutral to um more harmful for you and there certainly processed foods fall within uh, that spectrum, you know, they're not all necessarily created equally, but right. you want to have, be cautious when you are judging the quality of a food and its health promoting benefits strictly based upon uh, the fact that it may be plant-based. And one right. general rule of thumb is obviously to look at the ingredients list and the fewer ingredients oftentimes means that it's less processed. Right. Um, and certainly if there's, you know, half dozen or more ingredients on there, uh, half of which you can't pronounce or, or recognize, it might be something that you want to avoid. Right. To your point, a Twinkie is not the same thing as a Cliff Bar, probably, right? They're on the spectrum somewhere, but Twinkie's probably at the far end. Yeah, but no offense be. to Cliff, uh, but they are certainly not what they used to be decades, a decade or two ago. And um, I, you know, I, I, yeah. We don't have to throw away sponsors before we get a whole bunch of them, you know. So uh, if the Cliff people are listening right now, uh, you know, we might be interested, but 
<laughs> take me on a whole other tangent, but I, I feel like another general rule of thumb is that when your nutrition product goes from like, say, uh, your local co-op or, you know, maybe even REI and it's now as being Walmart so- served in gas stations, yeah. it's no longer what it used to be. So prob- probably not. Yeah. But at the same token, right? Like I am happy that there are plant-based alternatives when I go out to eat, right? If I go to a restaurant, I'll choose that plant-based burger. I will over a regular burger every time. Yeah. Now, am I going to get healthy by going out to eat and having a plant-based burger and fries every day of my life? Probably not, but I'll take it. I'll take it. And sometimes this helps people transition, right? They really want that feel of a, let's say a hamburger, Mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, if you enjoy a plant-based, it's a good way to transition but it's not really a sustainable way to be healthy. Right. Our next one is fitness trackers and food apps. So if I get a Fitbit and have a bunch of food tracking apps, is that going to make me healthy, Jim? No, of course not. You need to you need to use those things, right? You, fitness implies that you're going to move, right? Not just put something on your wrist. So you, they're they're great for tracking. Like if you want to get a baseline of how much activity you do in a usual day. It's, it's wonderful if, if you like having a reminder, like I'm sure my watch will probably tell me at some point while we're doing this, like, Hey, you haven't moved enough today. That's useful, right? That's useful information, but tech isn't going to make you move your feet in and of itself. Right. Exactly. If it did, and all these food apps were doing what they're supposed to, you know, we would Mm -hmm. arguably not be still facing a epidemic of, uh, obesity, right? Yeah. And we wouldn't be having this conversation. We might be having started this company if, in fact, they were doing what they're supposed to be ordered to do. And to food apps, too, is the same thing. I I think they can be useful if you're starting out and you're trying to figure out, like, am I getting enough of this or that? They're they're useful to use. They're kind of cumbersome, though, right? And so anything that's kind of, there's a kind of high friction there. And so they're great to use at first, but are you going to enter in every single meal you have for a whole year? Boy, if you can, more power to you, but I sure can't. So let's throw in the asterisks here, and, and it is more directly related to the food apps. And yes, they can be beneficial when you're starting out and you're getting a better idea of your macronutrient intake, your protein, carbohydrates and fats, fiber, um, as well as caloric intake. You know, most people have yeah. no concept of the number of calories that they're taking right. in every day. And so they can be beneficial in that setting, starting out in, in learning from eventually you just begin to know, you know, what you're eating and a, a general understanding of, of those factors yeah. and you no longer sure. need the app, you know, mm-hmm. they have a very high attrition rate, uh, to your point because they are kind of cumbersome to use. And so for now, right. Who knows, right. Yes. I'm sure they will become more, uh, friendly to use in, in due time. Um, but it, it, there should also be a word of caution that they, people can be become you know quite obsessed with tracking mm-hmm. and the 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 data that it puts out yeah and if that begins to affect your daily life and uh again it may be time to question whether or not it's in fact providing uh utility bet- yeah, yeah right to you so right that's our word word of caution for uh, fitness trackers and food apps our last one here is a, a not necessarily a pitfall, but something to be aware of, and that's this transition when you go more towards whole foods in a way from a food that's more heavily 
processed foods. Mm-hmm. And you talk about this um, hyperpalatable foods and this taste deficit. What is that? Right. So it's you, you have to remember that these these hyperpalatable foods they're they're products, right? Like they're supposed to be sold like anything else, like an iPhone or a TV. They're 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 meant to be purchased, and so there's companies behind that that want you to purchase them. And so, um, how that works is there are food scientists that work on what's called the bliss point, and that is the right amount of fat, sugar, and salt in order to get the maximum amount of dopamine release, which is that pleasure transmitter, neurotransmitter in your brain to get the most out of that. And so what that causes is you like it and you want to eat more. The hard part is, and I think maybe even Dr. Greger says this, and I don't know if we've said this before, but he he said like the sweetest peach in nature will never be as sweet as a Fruit Loop, right? And that's because that Fruit Loop has been designed to get that extra sweetness that isn't really natural, but you can manufacture it, right? And so when you're starting to come away from those processed foods, there's going to be a taste deficit there. Exactly. But the good news is that your taste buds do adapt. Yep. And that's kind of ballparks within like four to six weeks, your taste buds will turn over to the new foods that you're eating. And oftentimes when you go back to those can't do it. Yeah, because they're almost just too cloying and, and kind of artificial tasting. Yeah. I can remember the first time that I uh, I tried a Cheeto. Right. Right. After making this transition. Oh my God. I couldn't even I couldn't handle it. It tasted so salty and so artificial. I couldn't I yeah. I was done. Well these were some of the, the top mistakes and pitfalls that people fall into uh, when making these transitions. And we bring it up because it's okay. They happen. We want you to be aware of it uh, and obviously try to avoid it. But the overarching theme here is that you're probably going to encounter something that we didn't mention and just know that that's okay. The point is, and we'll say this over and over, is to begin again, again, right? This is a pattern trip. Yep. And, and know that you will obtain your goals. You will achieve your lifestyle that you're aiming for. It's just a matter of keeping at it. Right. And and not having that all around thinking where, you know, if if I go out to eat tonight and I have a rich dinner, I know that I'm gonna get back on my usual routine tomorrow and it's gonna be okay. Right. Yep, absolutely. And just it's all supposed to be enjoyable, right? Try to enjoy this journey and don't take yourself too serious. Mark certainly doesn't take me very serious. So in that vein, we'll sign off for today, but we wish you a lot of health. And anything else, Mark? Nope. Nope. That's it, just health? Just health. No smiles. No enjoyment? Nothing? All right. Well, I guess that's all you get from us this time. I'm Dr. Jim Koswitz. And I'm Dr. Mark Stefani. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk soon. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sound Lifestyle Medicine Podcast. For more insights and practical tips, subscribe and catch us on the next episode. Until then, here's a few things you can do right now to get started. Download our free Six Pillars of Lifestyle Medicine Guide to begin optimizing your health today or book a free 30-minute informational call with us to learn more about how sound can give you the tools for a healthier you. Lastly, discover your clear and personalized roadmap to optimal health through enrolling our Better You Basecamp course. You can grab the links to all these and more in each episode's show notes. So here's to a sound, healthier you, and we'll see you next time.